Chapter Forty Four of the Deluge, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynette Calkins, Monument, Colorado. The Deluge, Volume Two, by Henrik Sinkiewicz, translated by Jeremiah Curtin, eighteen thirty-five to nineteen o six. Chapter Forty-Four sakovitch did not leave boguslav's bedside for two days the second paroxysm being worse than the first the prince's jaws closed so firmly that attendants had to open them with a knife to pour medicine into his mouth he regained consciousness immediately after but he trembled quivered floundered in the bed and stretched himself like a wild beast mortally wounded when that had passed a wonderful weakness came he gazed all night at the ceiling without saying a word. Next day, after he had taken drugs, he fell into a sound sleep, and about midday woke covered with abundant perspiration. "'How does your highness feel?' asked Sakovitch. "'I am better. Have any letters come? Letters from the elector and Steinbach are lying on the table, but the reading must be put off till later, for you have not strength enough yet.' Give them at once, do you hear? Sakovitch brought the letters, and Boguslav read them twice. Then he thought a while and said, We will move for Poldiasi tomorrow. You will be in bed tomorrow as you are today. I will be on horseback as well as you. Be silent. No interference. The starosta ceased, and for a while silence continued, broken only by the tick-tock of the Danzig clock. The advice was stupid, the idea was stupid, and I, too, was stupid to listen. I knew that if it did not succeed, the blame would fall on me, answered Sakovitch, for you blundered. The council was clever, but if there is some devil at their service who gives warning of everything, I am not to blame. The prince rose in the bed. Do you think that they employ a devil? asked he, looking quickly at Sakovitch. But does not your highness know the papists? i know i know and it has often come into my head that there might be enchantment since yesterday i am certain you have struck my idea therefore i asked if you really think so but which of them could enter into company with unclean power not she for she is too virtuous not the sword-bearer for he is too stupid but suppose the aunt that may be to make certain, I bound her yesterday, and put a dagger to her throat, and imagine, I look to-day, the dagger is as if melted in fire. Show it. I threw it into the river, though there was a good turquoise in the hilt. I preferred not to touch it again. Then I'll tell you what happened to me yesterday. I ran into her room as if mad. What I said I do not remember, but I know this, that she cried, I'll throw myself into the fire first. You know what an enormous chimney there is there. She sprang right into it, I after her. I dragged her out on the floor. Her clothes were already on fire. I had to quench the fire and hold her at the same time. Meanwhile, dizziness seized me. My jaws became fixed. You would have said that someone had torn the veins in my neck. Then it seemed to me that the sparks flying near us were turned into bees, were buzzing like bees. 
and this is as true as that you see me here and what came later i remember nothing but such terror as if i were flying into an immense well into some depth without bottom what terror i tell you what terror even now the hair is standing on my head and not terror alone but how can i explain it an emptiness a measureless weariness and torment beyond understanding luckily the powers of heaven were with me or i should not be speaking with you this day your highness had a paroxysm sickness itself often brings visions before the eye but for safety's sake we may have a hole cut in the river ice and let the old maid float down oh devil taker we will march to-morrow in any event and afterward spring will come there will soon be other stars and the nights will be short weakening every unclean power if we must march to-morrow then you would better let the girl go even if i wished not i must all desire has fallen away from me never mind them let them go to the devil impossible why the old man has confessed that he has a tremendous lot of money buried in bilvich if i let them alone they will dig up the money and go to the forests i prefer to keep them here and take the money in requisition there is war now and this is permissible besides he offered it himself we shall give orders to dig up the whole garden foot by foot we must find the money while bilovich is sitting here at least he will not make a noise and shout all over lithuania that he has plundered rage seizes me when i think how much i have spent on those amusements and tournaments and all for nothing for nothing rage against that maiden seized me long ago and i tell your highness that when she came yesterday and said to me as to the last camp follower be off serving man go up for thy master is lying there i came near twisting her head like a starling for i thought that she had stabbed you with a knife or shot you from a pistol you know that i do not like to have any one manage in my house like a grey goose it is well that you did not do as you say for i should have given orders to nip you with those pincers which were heated for plaska keep away from her i sent plaska back he was terribly astonished not knowing why he was brought nor why he was sent home he wanted something for his fatigue because this said he is loss in my trade but i told him you bear home a sound skin as reward do we really march to-morrow for podlasi as god is in heaven are the troops sent off according to my orders the cavalry has gone already to kidani whence it is to march to kovno and wait there our polish squadrons are here yet i did not like to send them in advance the men seem reliable still they might meet the confederates glovbitch will go with us also the cossacks under Votinsky. karlstrom marches with the swedes in the vanguard he has orders to exterminate rebels and especially peasants on the way that is well kiritz with infantry is to march slowly so that we may have some one to fall back upon in difficulty if we are to advance like a thunderbolt and our entire calculation lies in swiftness i do not know whether the prussian and swedish cavalry will be useful it is a pity that the polish squadrons are not reliable for between us there is nothing superior to polish cavalry has the artillery gone it has and patterson too no patterson is here 
he is nursing kettling of whom he is very fond and who wounded himself rather badly with his own sword if i did not know kettling to be a daring officer i should think that he had cut himself of purpose to avoid the campaign it will be needful to leave about a hundred men here also in rossieni and in kidani the swedish garrisons are small and de la Gardi, as it is is asking men every day from lovenhaupt besides when we march out the rebels forgetting the defeat of chavli will raise their heads they are growing strong as it is i have heard again that the swedes are cut down in telshi by nobles or peasants by peasants under the leadership of a priest but there are parties of nobles particularly near lauda the lauda men have gone out under volodyovsky there is a multitude of youths and old men at home these have taken arms for they are warriors by blood the rebellion can do nothing without money but we shall get a supply of that in bilbit a man must be a genius like your highness to find means in everything there is more esteem in this country said Bugislav with a bitter smile for the man who can please the queen and the nobles neither genius nor virtue has value it is lucky that i am also a prince of the empire and therefore they will not tie me by the legs to a pine tree if i could only have the revenues regularly from my estates i should not care for the commonwealth but will they not confiscate these estates we will first confiscate poliasi if not all lithuania now summon patterson sakovitch went out and returned soon with patterson at Bogoslav's bedside a council was held at which it was determined to move before daylight next morning and go to poliasi by forced marches the prince felt so much better in the evening that he feasted with the officers and amused himself with jests till late listening with pleasure to the neighing of horses and the clatter of arms in the squadrons preparing to march at times he breathed deeply and stretched himself in the chair i see that this campaign will bring back my health said he to the officers for amid all these negotiations and amusements i have neglected the field notably but i hope in god that the confederates and our ex-cardinal the king in poland will feel my hand to this patterson made bold to answer it is lucky that delilah did not clip samson's hair Bogoslav looked at him for a while with a strange expression from which the scot was growing confused but after a time the countenance of the prince grew bright with a threatening smile and he said if sapia is my pillar i will shake him so that the whole commonwealth will fall on his head the conversation was carried on in german therefore all the foreign officers understood it perfectly and answered in chorus amen the column with Bogoslav at the head of it marched before daybreak next morning the prussian nobles whom the brilliant court attracted began at the same time to return to their homes after them marched to tilsta those who in toragi had sought refuge from the terrors of war and to whom now tilsta seemed safer only bilovich olenka and panna kulvietz remained not counting ketling and the old officer brown who held command over the slender garrison bilovich after that blow of the hammer lay for some days bleeding from the mouth at intervals but since no bone was broken he recovered by degrees and began to think of flight meanwhile an official came from bilovich with a letter from Bogoslav himself the sword-bearer did not wish at first to read the letter 
Pasun changed his mind, following in this the advice of Olenka, who thought it better to know all the plans of the enemy. Very gracious Pan Bilovich, Concordia res parve crescant discordia maxime dilibuntar. By concord small things grow great, by discord the greatest are ruined. The fates brought it about that we did not part in such harmony as my love for you and your charming niece demands, in which God knows I am not to blame, for you know yourself that you fed me with ingratitude in return for my sincere intentions. But for friendship's sake, what done in anger should not be remembered. I think, therefore, that you will excuse my deeds of impulse, because of the injustice which I experienced at your hands. I, too, forgive you from my heart, as Christian charity enjoins, and I wish to return to a good understanding. To give you a proof that no offence has remained in my heart, I have not thought it proper to refuse the service which you have asked of me, and I accept your money. Here Bilovich stopped reading, struck the table with his fist, and cried, "'He will see me in dreams rather than receive one coin from my caskets.' "'Read on,' said Alinka. Bilovich raised the letter again to his eyes. "'Not wishing to trouble you and expose your health to hazard in the present stormy times while getting this money, we have ordered ourselves to get it and count it.' At this point Bilovich's voice failed, and the letter fell from his hands to the floor. For a while it seemed that speech was taken from the noble, for he only caught after his hair and pulled it with all his power. "'Strike! Whoso believes in God!' cried he at last. "'One injustice the more, the punishment of God nearer, for the measure will soon be filled,' said Olenka. End of chapter 44